Hey guys, and welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am your host, Aaron, uh, here with another exciting guest, Pat Edwards. Say hey, Pat. Hi, all my buddies. Hey, hey. Uh, Pat is a fantastic writer, podcaster, creator, all sorts of cool stuff. He has written um, several books, or well, he's he's on a second one right now, but he has a book out currently called Space Tripping, which is in paperback ebook and audiobook format. So, I mean, any way you want to read it, it's there. Uh, he is also a podcaster on Let's Rewatch and a player in Geekly Inc.'s Happy Hell Hour D&D Twitch series. Uh, that's a mouthful, but it sounds like a lot of fun. Um, and he has also created and collaborated on a uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition source book. Um, so really you're doing a lot of stuff right now. Very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I'm very tired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for, for a good reason, of course. Yes. No, yeah. it's, it's great. I'm very, uh, it's a, been a crazy, a lot of things are coming to sort of fruition all mm-hmm. kind of at the same time, which is pretty wild. Sure. I mean, and I know it's hard to choose between all of your babies, but um, which has been like, what has been like one of the coolest things that you've worked on like this year? I mean, I'm definitely going to have to say the Red Opera, which is kind of the main thing we're here talking about, just because we're right right in the thick of it. Uh, We're recording this on the 14th. So we're almost halfway through the Kickstarter and we're just like, it's gone way and above what we could have hoped for from a success standpoint. As of us recording it, it's at $91,000 and it goes, you know, for another 16 days still we have left. So we're very optimistic and hopeful and it's very exciting. And it's something yeah. I've spent the last year working on. So it's yeah, that's a very, lot of effort. <laughs> in, in a year, yeah. in a calendar year of 2020, when it's nothing but heartbreak and disappointment on the outside <laughs> world, it has been, it's been very, very nice to see something you've worked very hard on succeed. I mean, yeah, I couldn't put it any better myself, to be honest. Uh, that sounds absolutely incredible. Well, do you want to, um, since we're talking about the things that give us joy, do you want to tell us a little bit more about Red Opera and like what that setup is and like kind of how working on it has been? Sure. Yes. So, um, I'm going to try and do this as efficiently as possible because it is kind of a walk (laughs) how we got here. So the Red Opera is the title of an album and a stage show by a band called Diamorte. They're out of Chicago. They are sort of like a gothic metal band. And in in non-pandemic times, they put on a stage. They have an album you can listen to on Spotify right now called the Red Opera. And they have a stage show that they perform that is like a gothic orchestral metal opera. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and it, it's an actual opera. I need opera. to listen to this right now. Yeah, continue. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, and then, so sort of the, the front man, the lead of that, of Diamorte is, his name is Drake. And he is friends with another, with a writer named Rick Hines. Rick Hines and I are friends. Uh, we met, both of our first novels were published by the same publisher, we're both from Chicago originally. Rick still lives there. I, I live with my uh, family in the greater Cincinnati area currently. Um, and mm-hmm. we met at my first book signing because we had been sort of online friends and connected because we were both getting, he got published a little bit before me with the same publisher. And 
he came and hung out all day and we hit it off and we just stayed in touch. And so Rick and Drake from DM Morte, they kept talking about, oh, we should turn this thing into a campaign. And there's a lot of crossover between the metal scene and D and D. And then when they were really seriously looking at doing it, and Rick was going to create it all because he's the he's the writer and he is a an insanely proficient DM and GM. He writes GM tips for Geek and Sundry and Nerdist. And nice. He's, he's not just not just D and D. He has GM'd like fifty different game systems for tabletop rpgs in his life what yeah he he is an encyclopedia oh my god um but then he realized this is actually going to be a lot of work i think i and, and in the timetable the band and we want to have this done i think this is a two per you know and we have, mm-hmm. along the way we've brought in a lot more collaborators but at least like the core to make this happen this is at least a two-person team so right. he reached out to me he's like hey this might be just a little one-off thing. We might do a tiny little mini adventure, throw it up and, um, you know, get some art, get like two pieces of art with it, throw it on the <laughs> internet and call it a day. Mm-hmm. What blossomed into um, the, the main campaign itself is 85,000 words. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot longer than yes. what you started with. I blame myself. I get really ambitious and, and he, he's like, Rick is, we, we're, we're very good. We're very simpatico. We're very good complementary writers. It worked out really well where we both have different strengths and weaknesses and, and they complement each other very, very well. Um, where he's strong when an area I'm mm-hmm. deficient and, and he goes, you need to slow down. I'm kind of like an idea factory. I'll, I would be like texting him every day like this and, yeah. this, this and this. He goes, he'd be like, slow down, but yeah, <laughs> but so that was sort of the, the genesis of it. And then what we did is we, we had a, we created a 10 chapter structure because there are 10 tracks on the album and each chapter has the same name as the track in the album. Mm. And then we fleshed out the lore of this, this land, this place and the setting, and then built a whole playable campaign around it. Once we had the document done, that was actually early January of 2020. We had a full main campaign finished a oh. draft. Wow, and then okay. it was, okay, what do we do with this thing? Yeah, we're one of those people. A lot of times, people on Kickstarter they're kickstarting something that hasn't isn't done yet, or they're still it's yeah. a work in progress. Yeah, we're done. We could now. We're stretch goals are unlocking new like extra adventures that we're having guest writers write and stuff like that. So there will okay. be a little bit of extra content to generate based on the success mm-hmm. of the Kickstarter. That being said, technically, if it were if we had to send something to print today, we could because we had the core adventure done. Wow. Before okay. we started the months ago. Um, it's like, what do we do with this now? And then again, through personal mutual acquaintances, we knew there's this independent studio called Apotheosis Studios that we linked up with them. And anyone who's looked at our Kickstarter page or Googled the Red Opera can see the artwork that they produced is phenomenal. Better than we could have ever hoped for. And they did the layout design of the book and then they're doing the printing. So they're the publisher of it. Sweet. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. And it's kind of fun that you, um, and almost important in a way to kind of uh, support and publish works like outside of Wizards of the Coast also. Um, so it's really yes. cool. Yeah. Especially <laughs> now, knowing a lot yeah. of what we know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so that's really cool. Um, and I mean, also, can I just say what an easy and succinct way to, to answer all of the questions <laughs> with all the history. That was uh, yeah. That was nicely done. So good job there. Good job. Thank you. 
(laughs) (laughs) I felt like I started to ramble a little bit and had to rein it in there in the middle there. So I appreciate the compliment. No, I mean, it's, it's difficult when this is kind of like the story of something that you've created and now you're sharing it. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, I feel like once you start sharing something you love, it's hard to stop. Um, (laughs) It's just generally the way that I've experienced being excited about things. Um, And so I get the need to like be constantly like sharing about it. So it didn't, it makes complete sense to me and it's all interesting and important stuff. It's all part of the story. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really cool. And have you ever DMs before yourself? Oh yes. Yeah. I mean, for fun or casually, um, I've been very Sure, I mean, if you've reached this point, you must have at some point. (laughs) Um, As far as DMing goes, I've been very spoiled in my, you know, RPG, you know, career where I 90% of the time I just get to be a player and, you know, a goofball and and razz the DM and and, uh, give them a hard time in their world. And, uh, but no, no, yes, I have, I have DMGM, not nearly the experience that Rick has, but I have a lot of fun doing it when i do because i always try to make it fun i have mm-hmm. i'm definitely um the rule of fun fun supersedes everything when i'm sure. on the table i i that that's that sounds perfect <laughs> <laughs> um i think it, yeah i totally agree especially um i mean even with uh games that have fewer rules i'm definitely a very much a like a, i'm not sure what this rule is so let's just do the fun thing um so that's Absolutely. that's definitely how how I play, and it's with Dungeons and Dragons. It's really interesting to see how people choose different rules and stuff. So that's really cool. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I guess we want to be able to show off as I think as much of this as this world, that, this amazing world that you guys have created. So um, let's make sure to get in there because what we're going to be playing today is obviously the Red Opera. Um, and, uh, my fantastic guest, Pat has agreed to DM and I am, I'm so, (laughs) it's been a while since I've gotten the chance to be just a player on my own show. So very excited to be the player in this scenario. So thank you so much for that. (laughs) No, Um, I'm happy to do it. This is going to be fun and interesting. This will be the very first time I've ever, uh, done a one-on-one D&D, either as a player Mm. or a DM. So this will be very interesting and fun. And it's, I mean, it ties in nicely because I'm, I'm kind of promoting something and we're going to do a little showcase of, of part of it, a glimpse into yeah. that world, but I can do a little up top exposition. Cause again, it does two things. It sets the scene right. for the, the little super short mini adventure you're going to play. And it also, it tells people about this world where the setting is. So. Right. Exactly. Um, so we're, we're, we're killing, so many birds with one stone. So <laughs> well, let's definitely let's definitely do that, and um, let's hear a little bit about this uh, fantastic game. Uh, but before we do, a little bit quick of a heads up about Radio Free Brooklyn. Um, just so you know, or you probably were aware, but COVID nineteen is in fact disrupting everyone's lives right now, and Radio Free Brooklyn is no exception. Uh, we're making every effort to ensure the health and well-being of our host staff and the community at large, but our revenue streams have mostly evaporated. So we need your help. We realize you may be hurting too, but if you can't afford a small donation, it would go a long way toward helping us to stay on the air. There are three ways that you can help. You can give a one-time or monthly donation by going to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. There you'll find some great t-shirts, mugs, and other swag we'd like to send you to say thanks. You can also use your phone to text RFB give. Five. That's the number five. The letters give R F B G I V E five to 
fourth or the four four three two one. It only takes a moment, and you'll be able to use your digital wallet for your donation. Finally, if you absolutely have to shop on Amazon, you have no choice. You have looked for the other retailers, and you can't find what you're looking for. At least put their dollars to work for us by going to Amazon.com/smile and registering Radio Free Brooklyn as a nonprofit you wish to support. When you do, a percentage of your sales will go to Radio Free Brooklyn, and it will cost you nothing. No donation is too big or too small. Whatever you can afford will make a huge difference to us. So we thank you from the bottom of our hearts and wish all of our listeners health and happiness as we weather the storm together. Um, So yeah, thank you so, so much. And also, if you find yourself outside of your apartment for some reason, I hope you have a mask on. But if you want to take Radio Free Brooklyn with you when you're not in front of your computer, uh, you can also download our free mobile app. It's on available for the iPhone and the Android and any of those stores. Um, so you don't even have to leave your precious favorite shows behind um, when you want to go outside for your walk. So, yeah. I was going to say when you talked about masks, I was going to interject and say you better wear a fucking mask. <laughs> I had a very frustrating day at some point, like a month or two ago, where I had to go out, and it's just people yeah. like under the nose or not at all, or it's, oh, it's like, and I just, but I was like, roost rage tweet, like wear a fucking mask, you fucking fucks. Like, oh my god, yeah, I've seen. It's not hard. I like I've seen people in New York City who are not wearing masks at all, and I'm just like, I mean, it's like watch, it's like I like have to do a double take, so like what. What, what is happening? Why are you not wearing yeah. a mask? Nothing's changed. Um, yeah, people, I, I get so... Wow. And then for the people who will wait to the absolute last second, they'll like have it in their hand as they walk up and there's people around and so they get mm-hmm. to the door of a, of a place and I'm like, mm-hmm. just put it on before you get here because I'll like... Yeah. I'm like, it's on as on as I get out of my car, it stays on until I'm back in my car. If sure. I have to go somewhere. Like, it's not hard. It's, it's, really not, it's not. not hard at all. Just use your eyes... It's as far as like yeah. quote unquote sacrifice for your country. It's like the easy. It's it's the lowest bar. The lowest bar. It's yeah. Yeah, I mean at least they're, they're at least they're putting it on. You know what I mean. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, wear, wear your masks, people. <laughs> oh well, man, should we yes. play some D and D? Yes, please. Let's right. let's let's not worry about masks okay. right now and go into a fantasy world where there isn't a pandemic. All right. That sounds so, nice to me. We're gonna set the scene. So yes. I want you to imagine uh far, far to the north. It's kind of a far off remote tundra. It's kind of chilly. There's still greenery and life there, but it's chilly and it gets pretty cold at winter time. This is in an area that's very eerie, the nights last longer than the days. It's a place called the Shadelands. Ooh. And uh, one of the most distinctive features of the Shadelands are winding lights through the sky, like an aurora borealis. It's a place that uh, warlocks, occultists, witches, and arcane practitioners have flocked to because the veil between realms and planes of existence runs very thin here. Mm. There's a lot of openings between the Shadowfell and the Feywild and other ethereal planes. Uh, warlocks in particular have found quite a home for themselves in the Shadelands. They are um, a type of individual that is often ostracized in quote-unquote civilized society because the nature of their power, you know, making a pact with another worldly entity, they're often viewed with distrust. There is no official warlock capital, except for in the Shadelands. 
at the farthest northern edge of the Shadelands, where the land stops on a jagged coastline against a nameless, still black sea. There is a river that starts from the sea and cuts north-south, called the Obsidian Rush. Over the years, two settlements were built up around this river on the east and the west side. Over time, they grew so large that to the outside world, they basically became one city. Though, the old the old bloodlines run thick here. On the west side, you have Yonder, which is uh, a little bit more fey-leaning, a little bit more whimsical. Still dangerous as all get out. Full of mischief, full of treachery, but a little more fey-leaning. On the eastern side, you have Cathrak, which is gothicness incarnate. Dark black spires poke at the sky. Um, warlocks of you know fiends and old ones and hexblades and devils roam freely. There is an order to it, though, because the entire city is ostensibly ruled over by Dorian, the Accursed King. Dorian is himself a warlock. He's a warlock who has a countless number of packs. He has made a pact with every major patron that has dared set foot in the Shadelands. And he's held it all together so far. And not lost his mind and gone insane or consumed with power. That Impressive. being said, <laughs> That being said, his hold is not ironclad. Another faction has arisen to challenge him called the Legion of the Fallen. They are all former warlocks. They former? View- Mm-hmm. They found huh. ways, one way or another, they found a way out of their packs. They do not like warlocks. They eye them with distrust. Some they make exceptions for. They feel like warlocks in their nature because they're dabbling with these entities from other planes that often have malevolent uh, goals, that they are a danger to the quote-unquote civilized folk. And they've taken it upon themselves to try and maintain some kind of order. They have set up shops and have somewhat claimed the western side of the city yonder for themselves. Now, technically, the Accursed King rules over that, but the Legion does hold sway there. So much so that they often will set checkpoints along the western bank of the river at the bridges. So, Yonder and Cathrak together are known as Yonkath, the dual city. And the two sides are joined by three massive bridges that cross the Obsidian Rush. When I say massive... The, the rush is a quarter mile across, so they're a quarter mile long, and they reach one to two hundred yards wide. These bridges are themselves neighborhoods filled with tents and bazaars and shacks and huts, and there's something of a neutral zone, each controlled by various factions, each with their own set of wonders and dangers. Mm-hmm. So. It's never as simple as paying a toll to go from one side to the other by crossing one of these bridges. The three bridges are Black Span. The Northern Bridge is a dark and dangerous place. It's known for its arcane market where one might find some of the world's oldest and oddest trinkets. It's run by an alliance of sorcerers and assassins. The uh, sorcerers and the assassins have their alliance to maintain a hidden base of operations within the bridge. Black Span is essentially... It's like the place where it's the creepy occult people's creepy occult place. It's the thing where (laughs) (laughs) if something is so creepy and occult, you can't find it in a city of warlocks. 
a okay. black span. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. It's you like the extreme like the yeah. extreme version, like as far into Queek Creepy Occult stuff as you can go. Mm-hmm. Okay. The the middle bridge is called Stone Leg. It's something a little more along the lines of what you might expect from sort of a a bazaar or a market with dozens upon dozens of different cultures and backgrounds represented there. Um, there's a there's a line of tents called the Savory Lane where it's like a food there's just food being cooked all the time from different worlds, different realms. There are plenty there's taverns on the bridge there are markets for every kind of uh, mend and trinket um stone leg is run by a group of rangers that all wear white cloaks every tent is required to have a white tent so they can blend in so it's just a white canvas and they run it's a group of rangers led by a wood elf named snow she might be the shrewdest business person in the city coin is her god Patrons Pretty pass. Pretty straightforward, at least. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Patrons Pass is the Southern Bridge. There's one thing that's very unique about it is it's a T-shaped bridge because it goes east to west from the sides, but it also in the center breaks south because one there is a giant temple known as the Scarlet Hearth. It is like a pantheon to every major patron, so it's, it's a temple for warlocks where they can go or people that want to become a warlock can go and make easy contact with a patron to make a pact with them. Mm-hmm. So, however, Patrons Pass, the bridge that leads to the temple, has become a haven for other religious entities that want to preach and proselytize about the dangers of warlockery and the evils. Uh, so it is full of clerics and missionaries <laughs> from every major face. Yes. Um, it is run by, it is secretly run, I'll say, by a group of roguish thieves led by a shape changer named Alios. So, All right. tell me, stranger, who are you and what are you doing here? Well, uh, my name is Pelar, uh, pronounced they, them. I am a 24-year-old half-elf, um, a warlock, of course. Um, who has made a pact with um, the Balsarath Monarch, who is an archdevil. And um, I made this pact because I was an urchin in the streets. I was um, struggling to get by, and I found basically... Balsaroff offered me a way out of my destitution and told me I deserved more. And you know what? I do deserve more. I deserve everything. Okay. What side of the river? If you didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) What what side of the river are you on? Are you on you're on the eastern side, Cathrak? I'm on the eastern side. I'm in Cathrak. Yep, cat. Yep. Yes. Oh, cool. So, okay. Okay. do you have a reason you need to get to the other side? I do. I do have a reason I need to get to the other side. So, I, I have someone who I need to meet at the Hole in the Wall Tavern over in yonder. Um, I was told to bring a small wooden box that's sealed, um, and, and its contents are a severed finger um, wearing a dangerous magical ring. How I got that finger? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> um, 
but I need to I need to get across in order to make my contact in order to you know been begin my whole you know thing of you know getting everything that I want. So I need to I need to make it across. One thing you sh- uh, should know too is the three bridges. Once on them, there are series of ropes and wooden plank bridges that run north south between them so you can go from bridge to bridge without going into either city they're called the stretches they're very perilous though of course they are (laughs) the wood is the wood is rotted the ropes are frayed uh and here's the thing very few people who fall into the obsidian rush ever emerge well don't want to fall down then that's uh you need to get (laughs) (laughs) so you need to cross one of these bridges and hopeful and hope to yourself that there is not a legionnaire checkpoint on the other side who is not super friendly or you have to fight or bluff your way past them if there is well i am very charismatic so we'll see what happens i hear that's good for warlocks uh so palar (laughs) yeah which bridge are you thinking you would like to take hmm Patron's Pass. I think it's got a little bit of chaos in it. Um, and where there's chaos, it's easy to slip through. Okay. I like it. Hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Yep. So, as you come to the eastern edge of Patron's Pass, there are some accursed guards stationed there. They are warlock soldiers loyal to the accursed king. They are not going to give you much of a hard time because you they they recognize you. They they can kind of see the mark of the archdevil upon you. Um, while you're not necessarily one of them, you're kind of you know you're not officially one of them, but you're kind of one of them. So they they are going. I'm to... also like fairly low level, I'm like a novice, so mm-hmm. kind of oh, hoping you, can, that I can, can just. Yeah, well, can you give me a little bit about? What is Palar, uh, you said a half-elf. Yeah. What do they, what are they wearing? What You said urchin, but have they, have through their patron, have they gotten some better clothes? What 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 are they, what do they look like? So I just, what, what are sure. the people on this bridge going to see when they? Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they have some pretty basic, it's a pretty simple set of clothes. Like, they don't have a lot of finery, um, most of the stuff that they've gotten um, are from people that they stole stuff from. So perhaps maybe um, Paylar is wearing just, you know, a basic set of, like, commoner's clothes. Um, uh, but they do have a set of leather armor underneath it. And they are wearing kind of may- maybe a little bit... Un, maybe a little bit of a surprising, kind of like a deep red, like hooded cloak as well. That maybe seems like it might be a little bit out of Palar's price range usually. Um, but Palar is very white, um, but has this uh, like long black hair that uh, they put into these intricate braids that braids the hair back away from their face so that. Um, you know, don't have to worry about... I don't have to worry about my hair getting in the way. Okay. So, as you step onto the bridge, one of the accursed guard will, not in a mean way, but kind of give you a, a polite heckle of, uh, Oi, urchin, kill anyone today? 
So my first reaction is to want to flip them off, but uh, I'm trying to to keep a low profile, so I kind of just <laughs> do a non-committal shrug and keep moving. Okay. Yeah, they're they're letting you go without any trouble. Yeah. So you step on the patron's pass and you see um, mm-hmm. a sea of tents, and not just not little tiny lean-to tents, like very nice tents that could stand for a good while against elements of a very thick canvas, well-made. Um, you even see a few, not many, but a few somewhat permanent buildings out of, you know, some cheap wood that have been kind of propped up. Even a few, it looks like someone's working on something made of stone on the bridge, a small structure. And hmm. um, There are two sort of lanes. So there's kind of a row of tents and structures down the middle and then one along each, you know, edge, edge of the bri- railing of the bridge. So north and south. And there's kind of, so there's kind of a north lane and a south lane and they run straight through. Mm-hmm. And they're all full of clerics and missionaries and priests and uh, religious folk of many different orders. There is, it is a little bit of a marketplace too, right? Because these people need to eat and mm-hmm. buy things. So there are still, there are clothes for sale. Not, you know, most of them are adorned with the symbol of some kind of God. Um, sure. There is food to eat. Most of it is being blessed <laughs> by a religious figure. Um, <laughs> So there are amenities of a small neighborhood to okay. be had. Again, it all leans this way and that. Someone, uh, if, however, most of the people here on this bridge are, whether or not this are true intentions, are claiming to be there to save souls and make sure that as few people go over to the darkness as possible. Sure, well, I mean... What's what's a cleric gonna do? But you know, work for its living. Gotta gotta make the bills somehow. <laughs> so you can try. Are you are you gonna going to just kind of walk casually? You gonna run? What are you, are you gonna try? Um, I am going to. I'm gonna try to kind of keep to. Um, I'm gonna try to trail behind and around uh, what looks to be other traveling groups, like anyone that doesn't look like they're part of a particular cleric sect in order to try to, like, not catch people's attention in a way. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I'd like, like to do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, make me a stealth check, please. Okay. Let me roll for stealth. Ooh! Um, I got a natural 20. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> <laughs> My first roll. I usually the, the, roll like shit. This is amazing. Uh, okay. Uh, you blend in. You just get in the middle of a group of mm-hmm. um, a group of like eight people that are walking, and you perfectly get in the middle. And they're all. It's magically they're all taller than you and wider than you. So they just sure. uh, like someone just passing by Taylor's literally doesn't small. even see you. Yeah. yeah. You uh, do it perfectly. You do it naturally. You don't bump anyone. You just walk. You get in perfect stride with them. And it works out really well because you get past this uh, preacher that's just screaming their head off about the fires of Avernus and how all this... (laughs) And just trying to to throw uh, holy water on everyone that passes and um, trying to sanctify them. And you just get uh you don't have to deal with that 
You Thank get the feeling goodness. if they'd seen you, they would have been all over you, and they could have just, you know, they would have been all over you, getting your way, and trying not to let you leave until you confessed your sins. Um, I, I do a uh, men. I do, I I do like a little mental fist bump to my patron. <laughs> um, and you just hear in the back of your head. Uh, I fucking hate that guy. Yeah, sounds like he kind of sucks. <laughs> so. You are about one-third of the way across the bridge. Sweet. The group you're with, though, starts to break up a little bit. People are going in different directions. A few of them actually break off toward, like, they're going down to the Scarlet Hearth, the patron temple. Mm. Another person stops to take a look um, at some odds and ends at a merchant oh, shop. Yeah. What so can only last on, so long? <laughs> you're kind of on your own again. Uh, I would uh, do you try to look for the group. You're just going to keep walking for a little bit, but you don't see any big groups currently right now. Just, you know, pairs at most pairs or trios of people, but no one seems make me a perception check. Sure. Yeah. Wow. I just, I rolled a base 19. Um, so that's a, that's a 20 total. Yeah. You do not see anyone, but you definitely have the feeling like, Man, that uncanny feeling. There's eyes on me. But you don't see anyone. I don't want to be followed. I'm going to duck into the nearest, like, stall. It's like okay. selling something. And, um, I don't, I, like, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm going to check what it is. I'm just going to duck into the nearest stall. And, um... Well, first, so, I think maybe I'll wait and see if there's any if anyone comes in and like sticks around for like a weirdly long amount of time, like besides me. Okay. Well, as soon as you go in, there's um, you see that you are in a cell that sells robes and clothes, all adorned with the symbols of Paylor. And there's a kindly old man. He's like, "Hello." Oh, hello, my child. Would oh. you like? Are you interested in adorning yourself in the glory that is Paylor? These are finest robes, silk all the way from the far south. Please show your support for the greatest god in all the realms. Hello, hello. Please, this we have gold. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I want to try on one of every color. <gasps> Splendid. We have gold. We have silver. We have platinum. <laughs> we have. And some Do of you these... have a changing room for these? <gasps> Modesty is quite good. Yes, yes, yes. Of course, I have. He pulls out like a very flimsy screen stand that's like freestanding. That's just only. It's only two Great. sides. It's only a uh-huh. corner and two sides. Sure. I'll angle it here in the corner and. Yes, yes, uh-huh. yes. Oh, yes, you can't be wearing. You, you must show your support for the greatest god in all existence. Save your mm-hmm. soul. Especially in this city of sinners and death and vileness. Oh, oh my goodness. yeah, mm, it's really terrible. <laughs> Do you? Are you going to go start yeah. trying on? Yeah, Robin yeah. I Taylor? mean, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be uh, slowly trying these on. I'm, I'm seeing if there's anyone else. I'm trying to keep an eye on it, eye out, and see if there's anyone else who's like hanging around the store, like seeming like waiting, or like looking, like waiting for mm. me. Um, well, so it's in kind of, yeah, it's kind of just a one room tent and you're going to, yeah. you're going behind the screen you're going to change. You're not really going to see, you can peek out every well, so I often. mean, I'll like, of course I'll, I'll step out every once in a while and be like, how's I mean, this one? So like, yeah. 
and like music is playing because yeah. it's like a sure. montage it's like yeah, changing your it. montage <laughs> um and the the shopkeep is like shakes his head without saying a word or um or <laughs> gives like a laughs down. or yeah. yeah he laughs hysterically yeah and i goes like eh uh, this one or says, says like he... that looks great to like the worst one of that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he pulls his fingers up. Wait, 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 and he's like, but it's silent. Like we don't hear it because it's just yeah. the music's playing. And then he runs in the back and he comes out dressed in one of the robes because he thinks right. it looks better on him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no one else comes in the shop while you're in there, okay. and you don't see anyone. And he's getting really excited because he thinks he's going to make a sale, and these are not cheap. Uh, you can tell some of these have it looks like thread made from actual gold stitched into them. Probably don't have the money for this. Probably also don't need to have something from the cleric from a cleric of players. So I think I think what I'm going to do <laughs> I'm going to try to cast I'm gonna cast minor illusion on the other side of the stall and make it look like something is on fire. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm gonna try uh, to get out of this situation because clearly this is not. I mean, as fun as this has been, yeah, I gotta get across this bridge with this finger in a box. So, um, do you have to? Yeah, do you have that pulled up? Do you have to roll anything yeah. in particular for that? So, um, automatic secede, or I can create an image within range within thirty feet. If they touch it at all, then. It's oh, clear okay. That it's an illusion, but right, if so... the creature uses its action to examine it. Yeah. The creature can determine that it's an illusion on a successful investigation check. Got it. So, in the opposite corner, a mm-hmm. fire appears. It right. appears to be a fire. And, oh my god! Uh, the shopkeep is going, <gasps> No, 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 no! Paylor's! Oh no, oh no! And he runs over, and he is going to... I mean, he's examining it, so he's checking it. Yeah. So it looks like, I'm going to make an intelligence check? Okay. An investigation check, yeah. Oh yeah, investigation Which yeah. is intelligence. Yeah. Well, that is uh, 14. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I, my spell save DC is 13. Oh. Uh, so, so as close. He, here's what I'm going to say. I mean, you can do two things simultaneously. As soon as he starts running, if you want to try and... He's going to run over there and examine it. Yeah, can as I leave? As soon as he gets to it, he realizes this is not real. It's it's illusion. Um, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Here's what I want you to do is um, okay. make me a dexterity save. A dex save? Yeah. A dexterity save. I got a 13. Okay. I'm, I was given, yeah, I had to DC it 11, so that's good. So yes. <laughs> you manage, he realizes it, spins around, but you're gone. Oh. You're out the door. Ooh. As soon as you, the tap flap closes behind you you hear inside trickery devilish trickery well, there's a fiend in our midst so what are you gonna do <laughs> fucking shit um uh i'm going to i'm gonna run to the next tent over okay uh and say oh you have to help that man inside of that the the man the shopkeeper inside of that other tent something seems to be wrong i think he's been cursed or something you must go and help him i think he's like he's out of his mind all right make me i will let you pick performance persuasion or deception great i'm highest in deception so i'm definitely gonna do that oh no i rolled a five 
So even with a plus five, that's ten. Uh, in the the woman in that tent, uh, and they sell like holy oils, is what they're doing there. She okay. takes them out and like sprinkles it on you and says, "Get out, liar! I can smell your infernal deceit. Get out, okay. Get out of my shop." Fuck. Okay, I'll um, leave the shop. <laughs> but as you leave, yeah, two things happen. Okay. Okay. Great. One is, I'm say, you see the shopkeep, but he is looking the other way. He started moving the other way, like the opposite oh. way of the lane. Okay. Uh, but someone kind of bumps into you, too. Like you're gonna bump into someone, but you do see, like, ah, oh, because the shopkeep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to make me a perception. Oh no! Oh no! It's the thieves' bridge. <laughs> is someone about to steal from me? Perception. Mm-hmm. I got an eleven. Okay. I mean, it's very important. The box is gone. (sighs) (laughs) You see the person who bumped you. All you can tell is they're wearing like a dark gray, almost greenish cloak. And you see them hauling ass, sprinting west. What do you do? You going to chase them? Yeah, I need that fucking box. Yeah, I need to catch them. Yeah. Great. So. Uh, we're going to do a little mini skill challenge here. We have to run okay. through the patron's pass sort of bizarre. And okay. I am going to, I'm going to have you roll. Do you have a D eight handy? I do. Great. Uh, roll me a D eight just straight up and tell me what it is. I'm going to tell you what your first thing you've got to do. Okay. Ooh, challenge tables. Here we go. I got a two. All right. <laughs> a wandering prophet waves a sign is waving a sign that reads the end already happened we're all dead this is hell glory to Kalemvor uh, make an acrobatics check to avoid not getting smacked by the sign of course uh, why am I see I should I just shouldn't have talked about how good it was rolling I just rolled a 7 plus 2 so it's a 9 no okay so the sign hits you However, I take damage from the sign? Well, I'm going to see if it, it beats your ace. The, oh, no. the sign is a negative one to hit, let's say. It's, <laughs> the sign rolled an 11 to hit you. Well, my AC is 13, so... Okay, so the sign does hit you, but it doesn't do any damage, and you can continue on. Roll me another D8. Okay. I got an 8. Uh, priests of the Inferno Order... You run, you, so you're running. You, you, the sign hits you, but you still yeah. run. You still see mm-hmm. kind of the guy going. Um, priests of the Inferno Order are putting on a performative demonstration, conjuring, dancing creatures made of fire. You burst through the wow. middle of their like their or, their ritual. Roll a dex save to avoid the flames. Oh my goodness gracious! Out of bridge. Um, even worse. Uh, that's a four plus two is six. Okay. Um. Cool. Am I on fire now? No, but yeah, you do take two fire damage. Two fire damage. Okay. Yeah, you get singed a little bit. I only have ten points of. I only have ten hit points, so it's not promising. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Roll me another D eight. Okay, I got an eight again. So there's a monk swinging a censure on a chain full of incense. Make a con save to not get (laughs) disoriented by the incense. A natural one! What is happening? Oh man, it just gets in your, and you uh, oh, no. just are very disoriented. <laughs> oh, this is so wow, um, wow! From such heights to such lows. Yeah, here's what I'm gonna do though too. Yeah, 
the thief has to roll because he's running the same way. So he's gonna okay. have to roll to see if he. That's nice of you. Mm-hmm. And I only rolled a nine. So okay, you are very disoriented. I'm gonna have you mm-hmm. do another roll here in a second. Make me a second Constitution save to kind of like get yourself out of this fog of incense. Okay. Oh, that's better. Um, that is a total of fourteen. Great. And he rolled an eight. So you kind of cool. get your like, yeah, man, your sinuses are on fire. They're cleared out, but they're on fire, and you kind of your eyes are watering. You see the thief also still kind of um, buttering and kind of trying to get his senses about him. Uh, not very far away from the incense because he inhaled a big, because he was huffing and puffing. He was okay. he definitely inhaled a big lungful of that stuff. Are they close enough that I can catch up? You or... can, yes. On one turn, you can catch and take one action. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. So I want to definitely do that. I'm gonna run because I don't. I'm not very strong, so tackling is not gonna do anything to this person. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to run up to them, um, and I'm going to uh, I'm gonna stab them in the hands to try to get them to let go of the box and then take it and run. Okay. Or like catch it when they drop it. Mm-hmm. I guess. So with your dagger. Yes. All right. Make me an attack roll since it's a D20. I will. That's better. That's an 18 plus 4. So oh, yes. that's 22. Mm-hmm. It definitely hits. Um, All right, roll for damage. Mm-hmm. Should I roll for damage? Yes. Yep. Ah! It's a 4, so that's 6 points of piercing damage. Great. I'm going to roll to see if he's able to hold on. His hand starts gushing blood. He does not drop the box. Yeah. Uh, but he squeals on you. He pulls out a dagger of his own. Oh, no. And he was going to slash at you with it. Your good old-fashioned you know, knife fight. Get lost, um, And he rolls a nine. That's a fail. Mm-hmm. So he, he whiffs. He misses. Maybe because he's still disoriented from the incense. Maybe because his hand is now bleeding. And that doesn't feel good. Uh, yeah. He misses. Your turn. Uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to tell him... Uh, give me that finger, you're gonna lose a finger, and I'm going to try to, um, I'm gonna try to stab Hold him within again. the box. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so that's a, that's a 16 plus 4, so, uh, 20 total. That hits. Great, okay. Uh, that's another four, that's another six points of damage. Okay. Um... <laughs> Uh, he, you, <laughs> you, you got an artery or something because he drops to the ground. Right. Like, he had exactly twelve hit points. <laughs> oh, I, oh, he drops, I, I mean, and he drops yeah. the box, and he's Amazing. like clutching at his leg, and he's like, he's bleeding out. He's turning pale. But your box is dropped. You're getting some stares right now from some missionaries, priests. Um, you see back from the way you came. So yeah. ahead of you, not far, is yonder. It's mm-hmm. not too far away. You're about 80% of the way there. That's so 80, close. 85%. Back from yeah. the way you came, you see a flash of movement. There are definitely eyes looking at you because you definitely just had a knife fight in the middle of the street. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is yeah, a messed up city where stuff happens. So much for stealth. <laughs> uh, you see another cloak that's like dark gray with a little bit of greenish taupe in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Two of them actually moving your way. The cloak's down over so you can't really see their faces, but they are definitely moving your way with purpose. 
Okay, okay. Um, shit, okay. I have the box. I'm going to, um, I'm still holding on to it. I'm going to, um, try to wipe any blood off of me with, like, my red cloak so hopefully it blends in. Mm -hmm. And, um, then I'm going to find, like, find another cleric nearby, and I'm going to try to cast Charm Person on them. Okay. So, uh, they have to make a wisdom saving throw. Alright. Their wisdom's very bad, because the fact that they're a cleric and they came to Yonkath is just, like, so dumb. (laughs) It's not a very smart idea, I guess. Yeah. And they rolled a four straight up, so they're gonna say they rolled oh, a yes. two, they negative two to wisdom, so they got amazing. Two, so you charm, okay. charm the heck out of them. Great. So now they can sit. They regard me as a friendly acquaintance for an hour. So I am going to <gasps> hello, yeah. my old friend. It's so great to see you. Oh my goodness! So wonderful to Bahamut's see. Bahamut's blessings well. upon you. Right back at you. Um, and you know what? I could actually, I could really use your help right now. Um, I'm actually very, I'm very tired and I feel like I'm a little bit turned around. Uh, could you perhaps walk me towards yonder? I'm not, I'm not sure which direction. If, I, if you could just walk me the way there, I feel like a little lightheaded and I could really use your help. <gasps> Certainly, child. Right this way. It's right there. You can see it out. No, oh, I want to make sure you get there, though. You don't fall down. That would be terrible. Let oh, us, right. Let us yeah, go. I know. Let us go. And yes, they start walking let's go. <laughs> very slowly, and it's a saunter. They are really going slow, though. Mm-hmm. That's, that's okay. That's okay. I'm going to try to look as friendly as possible and try to pretend that I didn't just stab someone in the middle of the bridge. <laughs> uh, there's two... Apparently, other roguish thieves, though, that are closing the gap on you and catching up very closely. You see the eastern side. Uh, you see that there there is a single uh, legionnaire station there in full plate armor with a long halberd and a warhammer. He looks kind of bored and lazy, kind of leaning against the railing. You're getting okay. closer. You have to do something. The thieves will be on. I know you have the cleric with you, but yeah. they're, they're not sprinting at you. But the thieves are moving quick. I don't know what you don't know what their plan is if they get you. There's a good chance that they're going to be able to at least reach you. Who knows for what purpose before you reach the other side? Okay. Um, so it's I need really to close. Out You're something. really close. You are like so close. It so is close. like okay. You are like thirty feet, thirty forty feet away from the legionnaire from from yonder. Right. So mm-hmm. basically you have time to do pull Shoot. one move. You can ask them to do something. They're charmed. They'll pretty much do anything you ask them to, except okay. hurting, the, hurting themselves. You can yeah. do something with the Legionnaire. You okay. can do something with the Rogues. But basically you have to do, okay. you have one action okay. to do. Mm-hmm. and you Before hit. those thieves get on me. Okay. Essentially, yes. All right. Um, okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to lean over to my friend and I say, do you see those people following you? I think they might need. I think I think they might need some help from you in particular. <gasps> those? With yeah, the I think I've got. I think I've got the rest <sighs> of the way here. But like those guys back there, I mean, they've got to be rushing over here just to talk to you. And mm-hmm. I mean, they might get a. I'm, I'm worried they're going to get a little frisky. But though, are you going to be okay uh, if they get frisky? Oh, Bahama will protect me, child. They need their blessing. Go and he waves his big like does okay. this flourish of like a blessing on you. The legionnaire, you can see, like, 10, 15 feet away, rolls his eyes. And uh-huh. um, he turns to the thieves with the arms outstretched. says, my children, come, please, please, let us talk of 
glad tidings and the return of the platinum dragon to bathe us all in his loving <laughs> flames. Um, Amazing. And yeah. as you approach the legionnaire, he's giving you a hard stare. But I hold up. Um, uh, I hold up three golds, like between my fingers. Uh, and I give them he, a little wave with the gold glinting in between each uh, of my fingers. He's not even looking at you. He like pulls him out of your hand because he's looking where the rogues have kind of shoved the cleric and they're close enough. He's like, Oi! What's all this, Ed? You thieves, keep to your setting of the bridge. You're, you're on my turf now. And he starts walking towards them. And you enter yonder. And the hole in the wall is only a few blocks away. I think Great. you need a drink. I think you need a I, drink. I need a big old drink. <laughs> I, uh, I, I say, I say again as I'm walking into the bar to, um, my, my archdevil, my Balsaroff monarch, I say, did you just see that shit? Yeah, that was fucking crazy. Damn. Good job. Thanks, dude. Um. I'm gonna give you another level. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what levels. I don't, what are levels? Who knows? I mean, what? I mean, but what is a level? Yeah, I don't. What, what I mean, is that? I'm, I'm going to give you more powers. Okay, yeah. That's, oh, okay, okay, yeah. sure, yeah, okay. Like if like having powers were like categorized into levels, I'm going to give you another one. Just it's like a yeah, high but level. only one though. You know? Okay, don't get greedy. I will take your soul and torture it for an eternity. Okay, all right, all right, all right, fine, all right, fine. <laughs> one level at a time, then. <laughs> But you, but you better give me good, cool shit. Otherwise, I'm gonna start looking into like other people as well. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Wow. That was that was very fun and unique for me because that was the yeah. t- the tightest, shortest session I've ever done. And I'm not saying I've never done the one on one. I really like that. That was a lot of fun. That was <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. I had <laughs> I had so much fun doing that. Um, yeah, I think especially when like there's like there's really a time limit right there. It's really easy to I mean you really cut it down to like the bare bones of just that one scene, um, mm-hmm. which I mean it's different from a lot of like stuff that happens with D and D, which is very lengthy. But um, I I think this kind of stuff is great and i had a great time so thank you yeah. for that um and that. and the the game the story with all the bridges was really cool um all the different all the different li- religions on one bridge my god that's so many religions <laughs> yeah so that's i mean that that those bridges feature heavily in one of the chapters it's a whole you know mm-hmm. where you got to kind of you'll kind of have a little taste of all of them and um yeah, it's really you just get to explore that city. The whole campaign yeah. for the most part takes place in that city in Yon Kath, as it essentially is on That's the brink awesome. of, of like a civil war and falling apart around it and all of that. And sure. so not only that, so like the artwork's gorgeous. It is completely original setting. All of the monsters and encounters are completely original. And that was my main mm-hmm. job was creating the encounters, like the challenges and the combat. And I don't know if you get a little taste of it there. Very rarely, uh, almost never in the campaign, is there just straightforward combat where it's just you're in a room with four monsters and you fight each other. Because that can get yeah. really boring, especially in 5th edition. That can get boring real fast. All of our encounters yes. are what I call dynamic. There are multiple things happening at once. You're fighting these things, but also you have to worry about this other objective as well. And you have to kind of balance between the two and think. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. everything is very 
It's a long campaign. Yeah, it, it challenges you to do more yeah. than just be a murder hobo. So. Yes, yes, yes. Um, it's something where we put a lot of effort into the challenges, into the encounters being unique, dynamic, original, something mm-hmm. you haven't done before, fun. And even though it's long, it moves. We don't give you a lot of breathing. There's definitely a point in the first third where a switch flips as far as the narrative goes. You don't mm-hmm. really have breathing room anymore like this isn't like a sprawling land where it's like oh we'll mess around here with the side quest and the side it's like no you gotta go you gotta go you gotta go no time to breathe no time to rest because yeah. the city is literally falling apart around you you gotta go 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 um, oh well i mean and that also lends itself well to being creative with like your spell slots and everything because if mm-hmm. you can't sleep you gotta yeah. figure some stuff out too which is and speaking of being creative too is we, we like to give agency to the players and the dms this is not a fixed ending. There are four possible endings you can come to that are wildly different based on the choices you make. Um, oh, nice. And not only that, you have a soundtrack to this. Because yes, there's the album, but but an album isn't a whole... You know, you can listen to an entire album in one session of D&D. Sure. We partnered with the Budapest Symphonic Scoring Orchestra. They created an extended version of the backing tracks, the orchestral tracks of the album. Oh there's, a Q, there's a QR code on the first page of each chapter. Scan that QR code. There's your background music for your gameplay session for that chapter. Not only are we discussing the music, but actually we just mm-hmm. used it in the game that you just listened to too. So now yep. you have an idea of the cool as shit that yeah. um, they created for this game. That's really cool. Yeah. So if this sounds interesting, if this sounds yeah. like something you're interested in and you're listening to this, um, I'm going to give Erin a link that she can attach, whether to like show notes or, you know, any, anywhere she posts it, or you sure, can go yeah. to, uh, you can go, uh, I'm on Twitter at the Pat Edwards or my website, the My pin tweet has a link to it on my website. There's a link to it. The red opera where we just hit air, uh, shortly before me coming on here, we hit our fifth or sixth big stretch goal. Um, so we're blown, we've got a lot, you know, we've got original nice. players. We've got original warlock subclasses, original player species. Uh, who doesn't want to play D&D as a big bipedal humanoid polar bear? Come on. Um, interesting, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lots of mini adventures that have been unlocked with guest writers. Um, oh, is that, like the, is that like the polar bears from the Golden Compass? Is that where that idea came from? <laughs> it didn't. I've actually never read those books, but I've, you're not the oh, first person man. to draw that comparison together. I just was like, mm. what is something that would be fun and cool that would make sense in kind of like a chili tundra place? That would be fun to play. Sure. And okay. I, those, are, those are my favorite kind of species are like the minotaurs or the loxodon, which are like elephant people. I like big, burly, like, ah, like yeah. they're the or rhino people. Give me like a, a, not like menacing, but just like a big, burly, uh, tough, but you want to, but huggable tough. Well, there you go. Um, that sounds fantastic. Um, and thank you for plugging all of your stuff, because that was going to be the next question. Um, so, yeah, check out the Red Opera. Uh, go find Pat Edwards and listen to all the cool stuff that he's doing on Twitch and podcasts and writing and, like, basically anywhere that you can create stuff. And I guess in the meantime, thank you also to our listeners for being here on Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. We always appreciate you guys, and this week is no different from the others. And uh, we will talk to you guys next time. Goodbye.